<laughs> is my Palpatine impression so great? It's the best. It's like one for one, Palpatine. Execute order 66. You know, you do tighten your neck muscles up really a lot. Oh yeah, that's the only way to get. And you let your tongue neck. and you let your tongue like hit the back of your throat while you're talking. How the heck? You you like get your tongue up to like your uvula and you like execute order 66. And you purse your lips like you're Donald Trump. You have to do all of it at the same time. That sounds incredibly complicated. <laughs> I should I send you a video of me doing it. You're gonna laugh. <laughs> you're straight up gonna laugh. Oh, um, yes, I want the video of this about. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're Yes. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that little beginning, whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today, you could shut up, Celeste. By the title, <laughs> clearly, no. We are talking about a movie this week. We're sorry we missed last week. Things got out of hand and schedules got mixed up, but we're back, and we'll be delivering you another episode this weekend. So don't worry. Um, to make up for last week, uh, today we're going to talk about, I believe. The first Coen Brothers movie we've ever talked about on this program. Mm-hmm. And that movie is Hail Caesar, which was a very last minute addition to our April joke comedy movies month thing. Yes, it was. <laughs> but we both watched it. Oh my gosh, this dog. And, um,. Yeah, so we're here to give you our thoughts and talk about, you know, whether we liked, what we didn't like. Hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. Usual critique stuff. Our usual critique, and we just, you know, talk about some of the deeper meanings. This will all have spoilers, by the way. I'm going to make sure I start saying that up front because we never do it at the beginning of this program. We do it halfway through after we spoil just about everything. Yeah. But yeah, major spoilers. Um, and yeah, we're just going to be talking about a lot of cool Coen Brothers goodness uh, in Hail Caesar. So, without further ado, Nesreen, this is your very first time watching this movie, as with every single movie we do on here. Don't you get tired of saying that? No. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, we're going to go with whatever our thoughts were uh, for this latest time watching it. So, what were your thoughts watching Hail Caesar for the very first time? was a little bit surprised as to how the whole thing was organized. I guess I was expecting a more common movie where there's just kind of one plot and it just follows that all the way through. But instead there were several little subplots just happening around one movie studio. <laughs> it, it, it all did not all tied together, but a lot of it was tied together and I don't know, it went by very fast. Yeah. It was not a very boring movie. No. It's a very quickly paced movie. It is. Yeah. I feel like that's it happens, the... Oh, it all sorry. happens over the span of, like, one day, right? Yeah, like a day and a half, day, two days, maybe. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, like most Coen Brothers movies. This is something that happens a lot, <laughs> where they have like a bunch of characters that they follow. Uh-huh. A couple movies that don't do that, like um, I mean, No Country for Old Men does that. No Country for Old Men has like three main characters, um, but like The Big Lebowski doesn't do that. The Big Lebowski basically follows the one central character. Um, True Grit follows just the one band of characters uh, through the journey that they're going on. Um, But movies like No Country for Old Men, movies like Fargo, um, this movie, obviously, sometimes they do that. They have the, the group of characters that they follow as their stories sort of interconnect with each other in certain ways. So, yeah, so you were... The structure was caught you a little bit. Yeah, I think I think it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. The first time I watched this, I didn't get to see it in theaters, sadly, but I bought it on Blu-ray from Walmart, and that, and then I went home and I watched it, and I was actually, I remember a lot of people, a lot of like just kind of lukewarm but positive response to it. Mm-hmm. Um from a lot of critics and when I watched it I thought it was absolutely hilarious the first time I watched it and I had a really really great time when I watched it the first time um <clears throat> this second time around though I still enjoyed it I think it's really clever at points I think I vibe with what the movie does in terms of its twist quote-unquote twist that it has um i think this may be though the one coen brothers ending that i'm like conflicted on but i still like Mm -hmm. but yeah so i don't know i i've (laughs) i feel like i have a few thoughts on what was happening in the movie (laughs) this time i share the thoughts i don't know so i don't know uh I guess when it came to the ending and it sort of just ended with George Clooney being back on the set and doing whatever, right? And then it sort of ends with, like, the narrator talking about uh, the fixer for the studio played by Josh Brolin. And talking about how his path is, like, painted in, like, everlasting light or something like that. And then it pans up to the sky and it's, like, heavenly and then it just... The Coen Brothers, and then you're like, and a lot of Coen Brothers movies ends like end like this, like this weird abrupt ending <laughs> to the story. This may be yeah. like the one time where maybe it felt like they didn't <laughs> exactly know how to end this movie, and I feel like it means so much more because they do kind of set up this whole thing like the man is very clearly bless you. Uh, he's very clearly like devout in his faith and he's going to confession like every 24 hours and I don't know and he, and he gets things done and they're making a movie about Jesus and like there's so much going on with that and that ending I feel like should at least to me it did it 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 didn't feel as much I feel like the impact didn't hit me as much as I think it should have and I don't know why that is. <clears throat> I feel like 
it could have they could, probably could have put in some more details about him specifically and his life yeah they probably could have went a little deeper yeah how did you feel about all the all-star cast that is in this movie which is bananas to think that this movie has this many great actors who are who everybody knows and like it made zero dollars <laughs> You'd think with all the people they had in there, everyone would have gone to see it just to see what it's about and how they worked. Um, I think for some characters, it worked. And for others, I feel like there wasn't enough going on with them. Hmm. Or, I don't know, they were all, it, it was... I almost wonder if it moved too fast, this movie. You think maybe it could have been longer? Probably, I feel like they could have added in a few more. Um, I don't know if I want to say plot li- plot lines, but like I feel like there could have been more depth to some of the things going on. Yeah, um, that's interesting because I I like uh, that that's interesting observation, Nasreen. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that is interesting because I feel like this is a movie that sort of plays to the strength of it having an ensemble like this. Mm-hmm. And I really see. I, I guess I I don't have that issue. Not that you're. Not that that's not a legitimate issue to have because I can see that, especially because everybody is so interesting when you meet them, right? Yeah. Everybody's like Scarlett Johansson's character is very interesting. I liked what they did with her story. The thing is, uh, I guess I feel like some of them exist only as a cameo, and I don't hate that. Like with Jonah Hill. Like, I was like, oh, that's like a cute Jonah Hill cameo like he did in Django Unchained. I'm down with that, back when it was fat Jonah Hill. And then, um, and then, uh, what's the face? And then, um, uh, I believe it's Joel Cohen's wife is, um, I can't believe I'm going to forget her name right now. And I just watched Fargo the other day. Oh, Google saved me. Frances McDormand, right? She's married to one of the Cohen brothers, and she was the film editor. Remember her 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 scarf got stuck in the thing. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was horrifying. <laughs> I guess I should stop wearing scarves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. She was hilarious, but I like that. You know, I as much as I love seeing Frances McDormand and stuff because she's like one of my favorite actresses. I still am like, that's a cameo, and I don't feel like her character really could have. You know, I feel like they didn't need more, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Because I actually do really like the length of this movie, and I like its pacing, and I feel like it does give enough detail for the characters that matter, um, specifically Scar Johansson's character, um, Hobie Doyle, played by Alden Ironreich, who went on to play Han Solo brilliantly in Solo. Um mm-hmm who I actually really adore in this movie. This time around, I, I loved his character so much more than I did the first time. And I loved him the first time, and I loved him even more this time. He I, was really funny in this movie. Yeah, I feel like Channing Tatum's character doesn't get enough time, for sure. I mean, there was barely any explanation as to why he was doing what he was doing. It was just like, he's a commie like, like the rest of them. And it was just exactly. kind of, he was just kind of a twist character, but that but it, it didn't feel 
it like does and it doesn't feel substantial because you don't know him. You never get the chance to know him, even in any s- sort of surface levelly way. Right, like when I saw him with the suitcase at the restaurant, I was like, I don't know, I was like, oh, he's the bad guy, but why? How is he involved? Ex- what is he doing? Exactly. I feel like there should have been more to his journey added into the movie. Um, but that being said, I think with the movie starring mostly um, Alden Ironreich and uh, Josh Brolin, I think they did a really good job with those storylines in particular. And I love how Hobie Doyle, even though he's kind of seen as like a simpleton to people like uh, Lawrence Lorenz, um, he's really smart. And they didn't ever give him enough credit for that. <laughs> like when he was like, now the extras. And, and he goes into that whole thing about like how you don't know them because they come and go. And that's exactly how they stole Baird Whitlock in the first place. Exactly. And Baird Whitlock, George Clooney's character. I loved all of that, too. And I love I thought it was really funny how he almost gets like co-opted into communism. <laughs> He's like, he's like, they, he's like, they've got it all figured out. This is freaking amazing. And he's like trying to convince Josh Brolin about it too at the end of the movie. I know. That he's was like, hilarious. They, he's like, they stumbled on something like so, so smart. Like they're sitting there and they're figuring it all out. And he's just like completely taken away with everything. He's like in the history and economics and, and you Science. know, they, they can tell the future. And, hey, <laughs> uh, oh, what is, what is, um, what is Josh Brolin's character's name? Uh, Mannix. Mr. Mannix, someone is calling from the future. Uh, I gotta go. <laughs> and then he leaves. And Tilda Swinton playing twin sisters. That, that was really funny. That was so funny. I like how the first sister had only 19 million readers and the second sister 20 million readers. And then you realize that maybe the first sister is just jealous of the second sister. <laughs> Cool. My readers want the truth. The truth, Eddie. <laughs> She's like, do not play games with them. <laughs> A name that 20 million readers trust. Oh, she was brilliant. I love Tilda Swinton in this movie. She was one of my favorites. She's so she's so good. She's so good in that movie. And I love the the thing is, this movie has a lot more going for it in being about nothing than it is about being about what it's about. <laughs> This is true. The movie could have been two hours of just life at a movie studio. And it would have been. And I think the thing is, and it's like, I love the whole communist plot subplot because that's like what was happening, right? That's what was actually happening in Hollywood. I feel like, though, they make a bigger deal about it maybe than it either should have been a way bigger deal or it should have been like a side thing. And I feel like it's playing this middle ground that may or may not totally work. Even though I still liked all of it. That was the thing. Like, and I like the whole, like, they're trying to get Baird and everything like that. And, like, get him back. Okay, maybe I'm just going to walk back everything I just said because now I'm thinking more about it. But I feel like maybe, well, maybe I feel like it should have gone somewhere more. (laughs) Yeah, I think at the beginning they made 
a really big deal about it because there was this whole long scene where he's getting kidnapped and he's waking up in a strange house, but then it just kind of fades out by the end. Yeah, because he was just for, like, ransom. It wasn't even for, like... I don't know. Like, what... And it, they, hmm? they lost their ransom money. Yeah, exactly. You see, and that's, like... But that is classic Coen Brothers right there. That's, like, Old Testament justice like they like to throw into their movies. Oh. Just some straight-up bad luck comes upon characters who do bad things. And so that was actually, like... That was kind of right out of their playbook. And it was funny. It was kind of a funny gag. But I don't know. I guess looking back on it, like, even though I like everything, even though I have a great time liking everything that's in it, like, when I think about that, I'm just like, man, maybe, what if there was more to that? Yeah. Maybe. But maybe that's not really a valid complaint. I don't know. Because I do, because I still, because I still enjoy it so much. So maybe they just did their job correctly. And I'm just wanting more out of this thing because I just like the history of all that. <laughs> I mean, you can still like what someone did and wish they had done a more of another thing. I guess that's true. So I guess that's my own personal opinion, but not a, a not a not a value judgment on the quality of that plot line. Yeah, I mean, like I I I think what they did with Scarlett Johansson's character work. I think they gave us enough to understand her storyline, but. I still would have kind of liked to see more of her in that persona just yeah. because I found her interesting. Yeah, I feel like her her storyline definitely could have used more. I, I, I will I will go with saying that maybe that in an actual value judgment about the quality of that, maybe that she didn't have enough to do. Yeah. Because she only really kind of has one big scene that has to do with the whole everything, with the main plot line surrounding the disappearance of Baird Whitlock. I like the whole unwings, un, un, unwings, are eagles? <laughs> what is it? On wings of eagles? On, on wings as eagles. That, on, yes. on wings as eagles. I like that. I like how that is adopted from like actual Hollywood lore of a actor that they said only got a role. That, that that an actor and a director were engaging in homosexual relations with each other. Um, oh, that makes that that makes that a little more interesting. Yeah, I was reading about it uh, today while 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 I was watching it because I was like, "What the heck is Unwings as Eagles?" And I, was, <laughs> I was so confused. But yeah, they 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 kind of adapted what was literally Hollywood gossip. Uh, with one of those characters. But you know what? What's crazy is that it gets confirmed in the movie. Yeah. When they when they bring it up to him and he's like... And he has this, like, gulp. <laughs> <laughs> Unwings as eagles. But I like... I love... I also love the whole, like, when the communists are, like, having their argument. Yeah. When he first, like, starts asking them questions and everything. A parasite! And... <laughs> <laughs> he is no friend of the whacker. Yeah, and they're all like, but I like that. But that was such an interesting time in Hollywood too. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Trumbo with Don, with uh, almost a freaking Donald, whoever knows, um, with uh, with um, Brian Cranston. Um, 
No. It's a movie about the screenwriter Dalton Trumbo. He's the man who wrote the movie Spartacus. And he was a part of the American Communist Party. And when the whole Red Scare was happening in the 50s with the McCarthyism, he got blacklisted. And he had to write all his movies under a pseudonym. And he won Oscars for the movies he was writing under a fake name and like had somebody else come and accept it for him and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was like a really big deal. And then when the, the Hollywood and then it wasn't until he made the movie Spartacus and the movie studio decided to put his name on the movie uh, that he that they effectively ended the blacklist because it was like, why are we even worried? <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. And it was like a really, really big deal. Um, but yeah, so it's just interesting. And, and it was it's interesting because it was writers, right? And it's interesting because when you're watching that movie, it is all the writers of the movies that are in there, right? These prolific film writers who've written tons of stuff and think that they're, they're owed more for their work. Um, and that is why they've become communists. So I think it's, I don't know. I, there's a lot of things in here that are really fascinating. I like, I like when they first meet Scarlett Johansson, and she's like with the with in the mermaid picture. Mm-hmm. But you know what was so funny that musical with uh, Channing Tatum. That was one of my favorite scenes. That was like so funny and so like I like <laughs> when when he was trying to get away and he was in between the two guys. Like, hey, this ain't that kind of place. <laughs> oh my gosh! When he was like tap dancing on the um, table and the bar owner came over and pulled the table tablecloth underneath him and he kept dancing that was kind of amazing so, i found that so cool that was cool i like that whole thing that they did i did not know that he could sing i don't know if that's him singing <laughs> oh is it him because i can't I even re- i can't even remember what his voice was <laughs> didn't you like just watch it today i didn't i can't remember what his voice sounded like when he was singing i thought it was him if it wasn't, it's a guy that sounds a lot like him. Well, he probably can sing, and it was good. I look. What is that? How Cohen Brothers tricked you into thinking Hail Caesar is about nothing? Nobody said that. <laughs> I'm trying to find out what it. I, what was your favorite scene in the movie? My favorite scene, besides the tap dancing scene. Um, well, I had, I think my, I liked the tap dancing scene. I liked the one where Hobie was trying to learn how to say a word that it were so simple. What did it were so simple? What did it were so simple? Why are you doing that twer that you said say it exactly as I say it? Right now, what did it twer so simple? Trippingly. What did it twer so simple? Trippingly. No, don't say the word trippingly. Say the phrase trippingly. Bro, I was dying. What did it twer so simple? What did it twer so simple? What did it twer so simple? What did it? And then when you see the movie, it's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, when he comes to that, a mirthless chuckle. When he comes to Like he, let's oh let's gosh. let's get rid of the mirthless chuckle. Oh, I mean, I mean, I could do it again. I'm if you want that mirthless chuckle, I, no, 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 it's it's okay. Bad bad decision, bad directing on my part. It's like I believe the audience will, will be able to understand your, your intentions, mir- your mirthlessness. I, I I believe they'll be able to read your mind and get a sense of your mirthlessness. Exactly. I freaking love 
Ralph Fiennes as Lorenz of Lawrence Lorenz. That was so funny. That was one of the was funniest awesome. parts of that whole movie. <laughs> I, Dude. yeah, that was yeah. That what, the trailer for the movie features is like that is just that scene, and it's like one of the funniest things ever. The teaser trailer when it came out that sold me on the movie was when I first saw the teaser trailer, and that was the teaser trailer. Was yeah. the what did it were so simple? Like that was it. And it maybe had, like, some other clips, like, sandwiched in, like, over the whole thing. Uh-huh. But that was, it was just them going back and forth with the wood de tour so simple. And I was like, that is brilliant. I would, I would have, yeah, if I had seen that, I would have gone to see the movie based off of that. <laughs> That's funny. It, it requires the talent of a trained thespian, not a rodeo clown. <laughs> He was really funny. <laughs> Hobie Doyle, you're a communist too? Oh, it's the gosh dang commies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what you know what one of my favorite scenes was this time around? Hmm. The meeting with the with the Greek orth with the Orthodox with the like with the Orthodox priest, the Catholic priest, the Protestant priest, and the Jewish guy. Oh my gosh, and they were all arguing about how to represent God. You must know. That in the Jewish faith, any visual representation of the Godhead is strictly prohibited. But we do not see the we, we do not see Jesus as as God, so that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I like oh my gosh, and when the Catholic guy was like it was done with extreme taste, and he's like, Who made you a movie critic? <laughs> <laughs> I like, and then when he's like, he's like, I thought the chariot, and then the other guy, I thought the chariot seems a little unrealistic. I mean, how is he going to jump from one chariot to another at full speed? Aha. Uh-huh. Well, uh, we can um, look into that. But but well, I'm more concerned about the the, the, the portrayal of the Christ. <laughs> the Christ. The Christ. Huh? I've seen worse. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought that I thought I loved that whole that the whole conversation between all of them. I thought that was really hilarious. Yeah, that was. And I just and Josh Brolin as as a uh, Eddie Mannix is just really funny. He was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I I think Hobie Doyle in all is my favorite character though. Yeah. I love the clever gag with him with the spaghetti and the lasso. And he's doing a spaghetti western. That was like that was adorable. That was a smart gag. Anybody who like knows about film genres is like that's a smart gag. Because he's a western star and he's got spaghetti and he's doing spaghetti westerns, which was an Italian western uh, film movement that happened in like the sixties. Really? Where Italian directors were making westerns and they were like dark. <laughs> So this sounds like one of those movies where you kind of have to be somewhat film knowledgeable to understand some stuff that's going on. I feel like this movie works for the people who just want to see these stars and watch a funny movie. And I think at a deeper level for people who are film fans like me, who like who like really, really love movies and have a lot of movie knowledge, this will definitely be something like a, I think this movie is definitely a treat for those people. It was definitely a treat for me when I watched it and when I watched it today, too. Like, I really just love how immersed it is and and how much attention to detail, even in the small details that there is for like the Hollywood of that period. 
I think it's I think it's a really great movie. I think it's smart. And I love all the characters. They're all very fascinating. Yeah. And George Clooney is I like I like the whole I like that whole scene with the two guys trying to poison him in the beginning. And I like that when when he walks past him he hits him with the freaking sword on the face. He's like Ugh! I thought that was so funny. And they're, like, waiting for him to drink from the cup. Mm-hmm, they're just following him around. Yeah. But Hobie nailed it on the head. It's the extras. They're just coming and going. You never Gotta know watch what, out for them. You never know what they're thinking. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was great. I liked um, George Clooney's speech at the end about how the companies aren't really focusing on the artistic value of the movies that they decide to make and they're just focused on making the company more money. I agree. I feel like there is some truth. That was the one good speech. thing he came, that was the one th- good thing that he came out of a communism. <laughs> right, like at least he learned something. Yeah, exactly. That was like his only that was like the only good lesson communism teaches taught him. <laughs> Everything else not so much, but that was like the one gem. Yeah, exactly. Recently, we had taken the political compass test, and I think we both answered disagree to the communism question. Yes, we did. Yeah. I was like, psych, you're not going to trick me with this. (laughs) No, because it's just going to lead to some bad places. I was like, I'm not stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. So what rating do you think you would give for this movie out of 10? I feel like I would give this... It's like 7.5 to an 8, maybe. A 7.5 to an 8. Dang. Yeah. Let me see what I have on IMDb for it. I own this maybe. movie on Blu-ray. I think I might need to watch it again. Yeah, maybe. But, I don't know. Like, I like it. I don't think it's one of the... F- it's not one of my favorite ones that we've watched. But it's enjoyable. Yeah. This is... I gave it an 8 out of 10. I think that's fair. I think originally when I saw it, I gave it like a 9. I don't know. This isn't... I do feel just like you, though, that I need to watch this again, though. I feel like I need to watch this like a a couple more times. Did you notice that Dick Cheney's daughter was was, uh, Eddie Mannix's wife? I knew she looked familiar. Yeah. I, okay. I, when I was watching the movie, I was like, dang, what the heck is she from? And then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, shoot. It's like, that's where she's from. Yeah, exactly. From Vice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I think that's fair. I think I would keep that. I feel like it has room to move both upwards and downwards. <laughs> I would agree on that. I think now that we've talked about it, and I like understand the meaning behind some things, I think I kind of want to go rewatch it and then I feel like it'll help me enjoy it more unwings as eagles Eddie (laughs) Tilda Swinton's an absolute charm in that movie she really was I'm so glad that she was in it she's definitely one of my favorite parts of that entire film yeah the scene with her and her twin sister at the restaurant was just amazing (laughs) there's so much of that movie that's just like I don't know. It's just fascinating what they're able to do. There's just so much like attention to detail to just weird things. Yeah. And it works very well. It did. And it looks beautiful. It was shot amazingly. When I was watching it today, I was like, dang, this this movie looks really good. 
there were some parts where they did a really good job on that. I wonder who... Let me find the cast and crew. I wonder who did the... Uh, who did the... Um, who did the cinematography? Because I don't think it was Roger Deakins, but I could be wrong. Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on. I don't care about these actors. This might be a dumb question, but what is the difference between cinematography and director of photography? No, it's the same thing. Oh, it is? Yes, just two different nope. names for the same thing. Okay. Gosh dang it, where the heck is the cinematography? Camera analytical department. Dang, am I going to have to look it all through this? Oh. Making you work for it. Oh, they are. Okay, hold on. Oh, this is so... Fascinating. None of this is any of this crap. Um... Okay. I'm just gonna Google it. Hail Caesar Cinema... Oh my gosh, when he forgot Oh, it was Roger line. Deakins. Wow, okay. I was thinking about it during the movie. I was like, did Roger Deakins shot, shoot this? No. And then it... <laughs> yes. I was wrong. I was wondering why it looked so good. He works That's with the, Yeah, he works with the Coen Brothers. He worked with them on Fargo. He did No Country for Old Men. He, I think he did uh, True Grit. I did yep. not know they did Fargo. Bro, that movie's going to be a trip. <laughs> when you watch that, you're going to, like, flip. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm very curious after hearing you talk about it so much. Yeah. I mean, I watched it recently. I was just like, dang. Now, here's a question. Okay. So I think the two Coen Brothers movies you've seen are this and No Country for Old Men. Yes, unless I watched another one and I didn't know it was by them. Uh, you but want, probably not. You want me to throw some out to you just in case? Sure. Let's do this. Uh, True Grit. No. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I don't think so. That's a Netflix movie. You should watch that. That one's that one's interesting. Inside okay. Lewin Davis. Nope. That's another. Do you have Amazon Prime? Yeah. Watch that. It's got Oscar Isaac, and it's crazy good. It's like crazy good. Okay. Um, True Grit. No. A Serious Man? No. Burn After Reading? Nope. No Country for Old Men? <laughs> yes. The Big Lebowski? No, not yet. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that I have only seen the two. Yeah, probably. All these other movies are obscure. <laughs> uh, okay. So, what was your question? My question was, which one do you like more? Probably. Actually, I have not seen No Country for Old Men since high school. Ooh. So I'm not sure. I might need to rewatch that and then see. Hmm. Okay. Well, get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to. Oh my goodness. I remember being very blown away by No Country for Old Men. Yeah, that movie is wild. Just being like shocked the entire time, especially since. Like, if you think I haven't seen anything now, I had seen even less. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Ah, my dog is barking. 
<laughs> Everybody on podcast like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, so I can imagine that must have been like an experience for you. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, I had seen like nothing. And then I took that one class and I was like seeing so many things that I wasn't used to. And you hated, well, you didn't like Tree of Life, sadly. I did not, but that, like, I had reasons for that. <laughs> I had, like, actual reasons besides, uh, I just didn't like it. We should definitely watch it again. Yeah. I, because I absolutely adore that movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe I have to see it with, like, a more, I don't know, enlightened adult mind because when I watched it I was like okay this is boring I don't understand it and the dad was just like giving me problems (laughs) (laughs) so I was like forget this movie I think that's one of my favorite movies it's definitely in my top two for favorite movies by that director Terrence Malick I jump back and forth between that and the thin red the thin red line bro you're gonna flip if you ever see that movie I feel like I've heard you've talked about that one before that movie is that's a good movie to like double feature with Saving Private Ryan because they were both nominated for Best Picture in the same year and they were both World War II movies and they were both about different theaters of World War II so Saving Private Ryan was about the Americans in Europe and Thin Red Line was about the Americans in, uh, fighting in the in the in the Pacific against the Japanese I see yeah and they're both like two very different types of movies <laughs> Like, super different. Sounds like it. Thin Red Line is all, like, existential and, like, the universe and, like, the beauty and the horror of war connecting together and, like, the fr- the fragility of human life. And then Saving Private Ryan is all, like, Steven Spielberg-y. I see. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting what both yeah. of them are able to do. All right, so... Well, which one? Which one do you like more? No Country for Old Men or Hail Caesar? Caesar? Well, I should just do what's my favorite Coen Brothers movie. This is true. You've seen way more. I think No Country for Old Men is probably my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Maybe Fargo is like a very close second, almost first. Maybe it's like one A and one B. Okay. No Country for Old Men and Fargo at the top. I'd say. Hail Caesar's probably near the bottom. Uh, Not that any bad movies are at the bottom, because I love all the movies. I'd say it's probably just above, like, Blood Simple and Barton Fink. Okay. Yeah. Um, Just for me in terms of my enjoyment of them. Because I really like Barton Fink, I really like Blood Simple. But I think I like Hail Caesar more than both those movies. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Thank you. Do you have any other thoughts on this movie? Um, I don't know. I think everybody should definitely go see it and give it a chance, though. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. And if anything, you should at least laugh a couple times. A merciless chuckle, if you will. (laughs) Definitely, definitely a few of those. (laughs) I was so impressed by his lasso. Abilities. That was insanity, right? Dude, when he was like outside her house, just bored and practicing. In my brain, I was like, "Is that CGI? Because that looks impossible." <laughs> Dude, when I was a kid, I wanted to know how to use a lasso so bad. Oh, you want to be a little cowgirl? 
Yes, I did so much. I, like, would take a belt from my mom's, like, bathrobe, and I would, like, tie it into a lasso, and I would just, like, walk around the house flinging it, trying to, like, catch things. Oh, my goodness. I wanted to be a cowgirl so bad when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Indiana Jones. (laughs) That makes absolute sense. I had an Indiana Jones whip that played the theme song. Aw. It would go, like, it would make whip sounds. It would go, like, And it would go, and it would run back and forth through the hallway. That's awesome. Because I thought it was so fun. And I was all like, I was like, I'm Indiana Jones. (laughs) That makes it even better that that you got to drive the car when we did the Indiana Jones ride. Bro, that ride was everything. That ride was so good. That was my, that was, okay, literally every ride at Disney was like my favorite ride. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Your face every time we got off a ride was like the best thing in the world. Bro. They were all so cool. I know. The Indiana Jones ride, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. I really wish you had gotten to see the Haunted Mansion. You would have loved that one. Well, I want to be, we have to next time. Yes. Next time. Come, in- come again this fall. I will if they're open. Yeah, if they're open, we should we should definitely go again this fall. I will. I would love to go down there and visit again. Yeah. Yes. Do it then. I think Do I'm- it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Valpathine. <laughs> no, the Indiana Jones and the pirate one was definitely the best two that we went on that day, though. Yeah, those were those were legit. Dumbo was crazy horrifying for that, you that was the scariest ride of all time because <laughs> i didn't realize how fast it was gonna fly up into the air oh my yeah i know they did just kind of go up yeah oh my gosh dude the alice in wonderland one though you don't even know how much that moment meant to me wait what happened? just like standing in the line because like that was my absolute favorite thing as a child and then we moved to Massachusetts and couldn't go there anymore and then every time I watched Alex in Wonderland they would play the song like the teapot the tea party song mm-hmm. they always play that over the ride area so just like listening to it it was like I was five years old again it was amazing Aww. I was that's, so excited that's adorable I know Aww. That was my sentimental moment for the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, Dude. it was a good one. Maybe yeah, we no. should maybe we should do a um a bonus episode for that new Chris Hemsworth movie Extraction at some point. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we'll do our twenty one and twenty two jump street episodes uh for this weekend. And then is what's the last episode of the month supposed to be? It is Booksmart. Oh man, that's gonna be crazy. Yes. <laughs> that's gonna be insanity. That movie is insane. <laughs> I'm very intrigued, especially it, after that review you gave over the summer. What review did I give over the summer? I don't know, we were like we were on the bus going somewhere, and you spent, I think, like the first half of the bus ride talking about it. I mean, I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Yeah. I know people who don't like it, and I'm literally like, you guys don't, you guys aren't alive. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. Why don't they like it? I have no clue. 
One, okay. one, this one person who I know wants to be a film critic said that they didn't like it, and I couldn't even understand their explanation about it. I see. Yeah. Oh, well. You don't have to do your dramatic aperture every time someone walks in a door. <laughs> You're going to die. You're going to die when you watch that movie. You're going to think it's the funniest thing. Well, I don't know if you'll think it's the funny. Maybe you'll hate it, but I don't know. Well, I guess I guess we'll find out uh, next week. Yes, we will. And look out yeah. for maybe two episodes in between this and next week's episode. <laughs> Oh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Any closing thoughts on the screen? Um, not really. Just go watch the movie. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to us blabber for 45 minutes about Hail Caesar. Mm-hmm. It and was listen- very fun. Yes, and listening to us blabber about tons of things every week. Um, and thank you guys for listening we really love that <laughs> we love yes. the listening so we're not just speaking out into the void into the void of digital nothingness and Pretty uh much. no we just thank you and we hope you guys have a great weekend yes hopefully <laughs> no one's gone cor- crazy yet yeah hopefully no one's got quarantine crazy yet wash your hands don't touch your face yeah and stay healthy and safe. Exercise. Get your cardiovascular health up. It'll help defend. Oh, yeah. And sit around all day, every day. Eating Oreos like me. And, um, you know, stay safe. Don't get coronavirus. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.